0: Hello, and welcome to Financial Aspects, a new podcast series by Collaborate Capital that focuses on helping you explore and navigate the critical financial issues that impact your return on life. I'm your host, Paul Satt, founder and principal of Collaborate Capital. We specialize in fee-only financial planning and investment management services to individuals and families in the sandwich generation. As the series unfolds, you'll be hearing from a select group of expert professionals on a number of timely and critical personal financial topics. And of course, I'll be sharing my own tips and insights along the way. Today, in our inaugural episode, I'll be discussing the three biggest financial mistakes people make. So let's get started you'll often hear that the biggest mistakes people make with their money are things like not saving enough money for retirement not taking a long-term approach to investing or not having a financial plan and those are certainly very important mistakes to avoid but I think the biggest mistake people make is different I think the biggest mistake people make their money is mistaking setting goals for having a plan. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, wait, isn't that just a fancy way for saying the biggest mistake is not having a plan? And possibly. But let me explain what I mean because I think it's more specific than that. I'll have people tell me, oh, I've got a plan already. And I'll ask them, oh, great, well, what is that? And they'll say something along the lines of, I'm going to retire at 60. And, okay, I'll ask, now tell me, what does that mean to you? And that's when it becomes clear that they don't have any idea whatsoever how they're going to make that happen. So what I'm saying is having a goal is a great start, but unfortunately, a goal without a plan is just a wish. Let me put it into perspective. Most of you are familiar with the tradition of New Year's resolutions. In January, people define how they're going to better themselves. They're going to lose weight exercise more, spend more time with their family, and so on. However, resolutions are notoriously ineffective because most of the time there's no plan to go along with them. Hence, there's no accountability and very poor follow-through. In fact, according to U.S. News & World Report, a whopping 80 percent of New Year's resolutions fail by February. And interestingly, 35 percent of participants who fail their New Year's resolutions admit they had unrealistic goals. 33% of those didn't keep track of their progress, while 22% forgot about them altogether. And lastly, one in 10 just said they made way too many resolutions. That certainly doesn't sound like a very good plan to me. So now we kind of figured out that having goals and setting expectations for ourselves and then mapping out uh, a strategy for how to achieve that is a key part of what we wanna do in our financial plan. However, it's not quite that simple. For many people, the act of setting goals or trying to come up with goals can be very rote feeling, very generic, very uninspiring. And so what we've learned over the years is that goals need to be tied to something meaningful. So there's that there's buy-in, that there's excitement, that the plan will mean something to the client and that's where we like to help clients dig deep and define what their values are what's truly important to you that way we define the goals that are aligned with those values we don't just put out rote goals i'm going to retire at 60. well why well i really want to spend time with my grandchildren and i feel it's important good let's start there and that way there's buy-in to what's going to happen and how that's going to look and it can take shape in a way that's more meaningful and that way also there's a greater chance of sticking to your goals and your plans uh, than there is with the traditional New Year's resolution-like approach. So if we extend that thinking a little further, a goal is not a plan, and a plan based on a goal is still not a great plan unless that goal is tied to a specific value or a series of values. If we had to rank these strategies in terms of effectiveness, you'd start with a goal and that's the bare minimum that's not a plan the step that i would take it to is before you even define your goals define your values that way you choose goals that are specific and meaningful to you those value-based goals then become the building blocks for your plan and a plan should be well designed and it should provide you with the tools and framework that allows you to assess risks and opportunities develop a roadmap to achieve your goals motivate you to act, and keep you focused and proactive in times of uncertainty and stress. We finished off the last section talking about how planning helps us deal with uncertainty and stress. That leads us into what I believe the second biggest mistake people make, which is not focusing enough on the things that they can control. Pandemics, recessions, trade wars, unexpected election results, and half a dozen other surprises can affect how the world does business in the coming year. you probably notice that most of those things are beyond our control. Rather than stare into a crystal ball and attempt to make predictions, we prefer for you to focus on how you can get the best outcome, regardless of what happens. I think we can all agree that you can't control the global economy, can't control the markets or geopolitics. However, you can control how you prepare for unpredictable events. You can control how much you spend and how much you save. And lastly, you can manage your money by using a disciplined process as your guide rather than going with your gut. We're not claiming that you can become immune to external shocks, but rather we're advocating for preparation that allows you to be in a position to respond rather than react to those unexpected events. No one foresaw the current pandemic, but how different governments reacted demonstrated a varying degree of prior planning and preparedness for such contingencies. You prepare for the unexpected by keeping your plan fluid to adjust for potentially material changes in your situation. This means that your plan should not only identify and plot out what your goals are, but also your fears and the potential risks. Some basic risk management strategies I would recommend include determining and establishing emergency reserves. You want to have six months to a year of basic living expenses covered in the event of an emergency such as a market crash or a job loss. You don't want to be in the position to having to liquidate assets or tap expensive loans or even something worse. Likewise, if you're anticipating some big expenses or goals coming up in a year to three years, you don't want to have your money at risk in the market or in real estate where when that time comes, it might be an inopportune time. So you want to have that money set aside, maybe not as emergency and liquid as your emergency funds, but fairly liquid and fairly safe. This is where we would look at scenarios that could happen that would be negative to your outcome and we run simulations to see how that would impact your plan and of course lastly the most basic form of risk management would be to determine that you've got sufficient insurance coverage in the event that something devastating happens to you your family your income or your property just remember that the more prepared you are for the things that you can control with of course some degree of confidence the better equipped you'll be to adjust for the things that are beyond your control We want you to be able to respond to events and not react to them. The third item on my list for today is not taking an evolutionary approach to financial planning. Many people take a static or one-time comprehensive approach to planning. But in the words of my hero, Ferris Bueller, I said it before and I'll say it again, life moves pretty fast, you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. A little over 15 years ago, I was working in the wealth management group of a large well-known Wall Street firm and at that time we thought we were being really cutting edge by introducing financial planning to all our clients. The effort was well-intentioned but it was doomed from the start just because of the execution. Let me explain. We would ask clients if they wanted a financial plan and of course most of them said yes that sounds like a great idea and then we proceeded by providing them with a long questionnaire that asked them to state their goals and their objectives and some some of them had prompts uh, when do you want to retire or etc etc do you want to send your kids to college and most of the very large issues that uh, families like to plan for however the process as described earlier, was very rote, and it was kind of difficult to get them to really get engaged. Additionally, we approached it from a comprehensive standpoint, which means we ran through A to Z all in one sitting or all in one production. And then when we were done, we presented the client with a huge binder, which we spent an hour or so walking them through their eyes glazed over, they went home with this binder, and most of the time it ended up on a shelf somewhere, never to be looked at or discussed again. So you can see we made two of the big mistakes that I'm talking about so far. Number one, we really didn't tie that to values, and so it was very difficult for them to get excited about the plan itself. They liked the idea of planning, but the whole process and the results. I didn't leave them engaged and excited. We didn't put in any contingency planning, stress testing, or Monte Carlo simulations that are very common now and almost absolutely necessary in most plans today. And lastly, there was no accountability. We didn't have any method of following up or keeping the client engaged. And so a well-intentioned effort usually went to the wayside. One thing I also did learn is that theoretically and in actuality, all goals are tied because you have an unlimited re- resource pool. And what you do with your money and your plan in one area, putting your kids through school, can affect other areas, like how soon you can re- re- retire or what amount of funds you can retire with. And so the objective of putting together a very comprehensive, one done plan seem to make sense at the time, but in execution, it's very difficult to achieve, and most people don't live or plan that way. So over time, the evolution from insisting on a, a comprehensive plan for everybody has evolved into the practicality of a more functional or iterative approach where we start with some of the most pressing or more important goals, and then we build around that plan. That way the client is obviously more engaged because we're addressing the important ones up front. And also, uh, it's more manageable, and it's a good way to iterate along as time changes, so does your plan. Yes, Ferris, life does move pretty fast, and we need a plan that's going to keep pace. As humans, we crave certainty and predictability. However, oftentimes life has its own script that it runs by. For most people, planning shouldn't be a one-and-done endeavor. An evolutionary plan keeps things relevant and enhances the odds of success, if only because it keeps us accountable and engaged. Well, that's all we have for today. Thanks so much for listening, and if you like what you heard, please tune in to our new episode next week. In the meantime, stay healthy and stay safe. Take care. Today's material is for general information only and not intended to be specific advice. All advisory services are conducted through Calabria Capital, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Calabria Capital and its representatives are properly licensed or exempted. Calabria Capital, Inc. does not provide tax or legal advice. For more information, you can visit us on the web at Capital. Dot com. That's C O L L A B R I A C A P I T A L dot com.